Welcome to Continuing the Conversation podcast, an expression of FOS. FOS is a community creating space for everyone to find hope, beauty, and purpose in the story of Jesus. Continuing the Conversation is one of the ways that we're trying to create space for an expanded dialogue and interactions based on the conversations we're having at FOS. But one of the things that you said that actually uh just kind of resonated with me. You know, you have those lines that kind of hit and you go, I need to write that down. You said the, the cup and bread tell us the world is generative. Every time it's broken, the cup and bread, more space is made for others to join. And that gave such a visceral image to why do we have these systems? Why do we celebrate? Why do we flip tables? Why do we need to exist as a Eucharistic community? And it's for that very moment that we can say that someone else is included as we break systems, as we look at traditions that no longer are life-giving for us and say that we can draw newness out of them. We don't abandon them, but we can say we break them in order to create room for more humanity. That that really captured what I hope we can become within the Eucharistic community that is FOS. That every time we, we break the bread, we realize that we break things that we hold as valuable to create space for people who've never got to experience the table. Yeah, no, that's good, man. That's really good. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, like, you know, you write things and you put things down and you kind of see it one way. And then when somebody says it back to you, all of a sudden it sparks new ideas even about it. Right. And I think like, it, like in that way, like, like the phrase becomes a generative statement. And I, and, and, and I just, I feel like, like, like the breaking of the body of Christ, the break or the, the breaking of the bread, which then is symbolic of the breaking of the body of Christ. Um, it, it does that same thing. It's like when you do it for, when you do it yourself, it, it, it kind of speaks to us one way. You know what I mean? But when we do it in community and we see it reflected back to us, it, it all of a sudden new thoughts, new ideas, new possibilities are born in that moment. And and so it's like it was just interesting. Like it was just like as you said that it's like oh okay like even even my thought process is is expanding as it's reflected back. And I think that's the beauty of seeing. Like when we when we watch and observe, like we observe what Christ is doing and we reflect on that. But then when we actually participate in the breaking of the body of Christ, um, it, it becomes this generative thing that goes into the I think it goes into the realm of possibilities versus into the realm of limitations. Right. Like I think the way that we you know we talked about this over the last couple of weeks, the way that we have talked about the idea of the Eucharist or communion, it's actually been this thing about it's actually been this thing about limiting um potential almost right like it's it's like like it's like what have you done that has expanded past what is appropriate versus every time i do this new possibilities new worlds new things are being created every time we do this and it's like like the eucharist then becomes part of like god's co-creation like our i mean our partnering with god in co-creation you know what i mean um mm -hmm. and, and I, I don't know for me at least it, it it links like the eucharist and like the creation narratives in this really cool rapturous way well no um it's one of the things that I took out just because we're trying to delimit ourselves in our opening statements. But in uh, 2.11, where it says this is the start or this is um, the first, it actually references back to John 1.1 and uses RK, which is, as we know, an echo of Genesis 1, the start of the creation narrative. Yeah. And throughout that first creation narrative, it keeps saying, it's good, it's good, it's good. And it, that's the pronouncement from God. Creation doesn't respond back. It's God saying creation's good. In this scene, it flips it though, because it uses the same notion of this is good and puts it into the head waiter's mouth. 
and then and then draws our attention back to Gen or to John 1 1 when it says and now this was the beginning of the signs of Jesus yeah and so it's it's creation itself that witnesses God with us the Eucharist moment and says this is good there was there's a statement like when you open it was like I think it was like part of your opening your opening lines right where you talked about that this is not about Christianity over Judaism right like it's this is not about um like religious free like I can't remember exactly the words you said but like this is not about freedom over religious like religious religiosity or something like that um but mm -hmm. it's a different kind of narrative and a different kind of story um and I, and I know I would love to just kind of even ask like just the question around that like when you translate that into our contemporary moment and we see everything else that's happening around us we see the ways that like uh Christian nationalism has played itself you know played itself out in in light of the current climate that we find ourselves in we see all these different things happening um even even with the current moments that are happening like in palestine and like the 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 in, in and the and that the notion of like um zionism and things like that all these different things are happening and our tendency is to want to say well like which one is right which one is this which is whatever like right you know who gets to win who, who gets to win the argument in a sense um but I, I feel like what you're when you make that statement that this is not about Christianity over Judaism, this is not about like freedom over religiosity or whatever the language was exactly that you used there, that you're actually offering something new. And I, I would love like to kind of hear what you what you would how you would translate that into this current moment that we're seeing happening. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, as like this moment is kind of weighty because it comes from multiple narratives and multiple stories and what Car what you're mentioning in the notion of zionism just in case whoever's hearing this um hasn't read a lot of uh christian history and church history you have this movement of zionism that kind of had a two-pronged effect one um america is where it centralized said that we are the new israel and then we linked ourselves to um ancient israel and so that created this military coup between powers. And so whatever was good for us, whatever was good for that land was the ultimate good. But that comes out of our tradition. And I would say in this, in the same way that Jesus used ceremonial cleansing jars and pulled out the better wine for the party, that we have to see our traditions not as ends in and of themselves, that it's not legalism versus grace. It's, it's not do whatever you want or only do what was good in the first century. It has to be a living dynamic exchange between now to where we can say what systems, like when Jesus went to the temple, and that was the same idea of him drawing water out, out of the purif uh, purification jars, and then him stepping foot into the temple and saying, no, this cannot be, those could be by ancient laws of the temple. So he wasn't just saying, this isn't good because it was never good. He's saying this right now is destructive for people who are gathering. So when we look at things like the Palestinian-Israel conflict is leaked through a Christian lens, let's always remember that. I'm looking through my tradition, through my experience. And so we, we're not making absolute statements. It's like, but looking at this lens, we cannot say as a Christian lens that it doesn't matter how much life is sacrificed as long as you have an Israel with, with secure national borders. 
I know that feels blasphemous to, to some of us, depending on the tradition you're raised in, but we cannot now elevate one nation and one life above the other. So when the Palestinians are being harmed, those are lives that are deeply valuable to God. And when Israel is harmed, also lives deeply valuable to God, but we have to acknowledge that the reason this conflict exists is because of a certain way of reading our text. And if we're gonna be honest, white guilt after World War II. So what Western white powers colonized the Palestinian land and resettled it with those they felt guilty towards because there was a genocide towards Jewish people to the point that we also erased all the other people that were being slaughtered. So the gypsies, the LGBTQ community, which would also be represented in the killing squads. We erased those because white guilt demanded one to be lifted up. And for that, I'd say we need to own our tradition. We need to go to the tables and flip them for the ones that exist off of consuming others. And not to say this is right, this is wrong, this is legalism, this is grace, but to say there's a more generative expansive way that we can draw new life, new wine out of old jars that has a room for everyone at the party because kind of like the text says, we got 900 bottles. If you didn't bring anything, it's okay. We got you. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's interesting, like when we think of like that act that Jesus did, like like you said, 900 bottles of wine. I like, I like to say 200 boxes of Costco box wine. <laughs> like there's more than enough. Right. And I think that's the, and that's the mentality that we have to have is that there's more than enough. And I think that's the thing that Jesus calls us into when we watch this scene is that this scene takes place like, like the one at the wedding, but also the one where he flips tables is that like you are limiting space, but there's more than enough space here. You are mm -hmm. limiting what could happen. And there's more than enough wine here. There's more than enough for everybody here. And I think that when we come to a place where we automatically expect that the world is going to be generative we begin to lose these ideas of, I have to border off my space. I have to border off my things, right? Because like, honestly, I, 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 I'm going to be, with a, with, if we're not generative, then it's gonna be limited. And if it's limited or reductionistic in that sense, like it, it's all about what can I hold on to, right? And, well, and, if, and if, oh, go ahead. I would say, um, if you're going with the economic models, if, if you have a generative excess space saying there's more than enough, then the flip is scarcity. And that says a lot for the way we imagine the world to come, the people to come, the what we say of God, when we operate from a scarcity model. And scarcity model actually looks like a few things. Like if we say there's not enough space for other opinions, other people's, um, it happened to me recently because um, I, I disagreed with a gentleman and this was just over social media stuff. It, it's those kind of things. And it, the person I disagreed with, I know. I was like, hey, what do you think of these points? And, and I wasn't belittle, belittling or condescending. Then all of a sudden, a, a guy that he knows jumps in and takes a couple shots. And I was like, well, um, I'm not sure how you get there from here. And all of a sudden, because he doesn't think there's enough space and everything's about scarcity and defending the true, perfect one understanding, he goes, I have three degrees. You don't want to go there with me. And I actually asked him because I looked up his page. I was like, oh, your, your three degrees are here. Um, how does that affect this conversation? And because he only sees limited space, there's not room for both. He said, your ignorance is beneath me. Good day, sir. <laughs> and I was like, bro. Um, I was like, 
I don't know how that exchange happened because you just came in hard, flexed on me because you said there's not enough room for more. I was like, I asked you a question that you could have brought in because generative says that what you add to me benefits me. What you bring to the table expands the table. Scarcity says I need to be the bouncer because I'm not sure how many people I can bring in or if, if you are going to affect a table in a way I don't like. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's good. I think like, I don't know, I, I just, for me personally, when I, I, like, I'm just thinking about current and how, like, this current situation and not, not just the Palestinian, um, Israeli stuff, um, but I'm, I mean, like, just everything that's been happening in this world around us and just how much of it is based off of scarcity, right? Like, that, you know, you know, I mean, I, I don't feel like people are saying things about, like, for example, one of the things that somebody said to me recently about the vaccines is that, like, the reason why they don't want to get a vaccine is because the government is intentionally trying to poison half of the population so that they can depopulate the world by 50%. And it's just like, wow, okay. Um, that, that, that's interesting that you go there. Like, what, like, what fear, you know, it's a fear of scarcity that comes behind that. And it's just like, wow, okay. So like you want to make sure that you one of the people that that land on the Isle of Plenty. I got it. I, I got it. <laughs> um, but it's just it's just this that that whole thing. Like how many how many of the conflicts and all the things, the arguments that we're having we're having right now, like none of them come out of a thing like man, there's more than enough. This world is generative. Mm -hmm. None of them come from that. They all come from there isn't enough. Like if we if we give you this. That means I won't have that. Or if we give this person this basic human right, that means somehow my basic human rights are going to be inflicted upon, right? Like there's not enough of anything in this world. And that's almost every conflict that we see happening right now. And I would say it fits very well into this because um, the area that Jesus walked in and flipped the tables, the response from those who could be power brokers in the area, the ones running the system came and said, by whose authority did you do this? They said, do you, what right do you have to change things? Those who are at the party, the one that was about bringing people together, that was expansive, yeah. that was community-centered, that one Jesus brought access, and no one questioned by what right do you do it. They said, wow, this is beautiful, and they all celebrated. And that leads me just to question some of the ways that we hold our faith, and especially since I'm an American, and the conversations I always hear is when they say, these people aren't represented, so what Jesus screamed out, he said, do not turn my father's house into a place of business. Do not start trading lives for product. Do not start excluding others. When we start raising up those systems saying, as Christians, we have a voice to cry out, where are the people not being allowed into the temple? Who are the ones cut away? And what I hear, and this is what's upsetting to me, from a lot of the people who um, are a couple generations before me in the church that actually helped uh, mentor me. So it's not like I'm just making a generational clause. Um, these are people I know personally, they, they help teach me how to read. And they're saying there's not enough space. If you allow these people to come in, there won't be enough for me. If you allow these things, and it's all this fear-based narrative, if the other comes, we're going to lose our power. If you take yeah. out these tables so people can, can be around, then I won't be able to control it. And yeah. I keep getting fed these fear narratives that are saying, we're gonna lose our standing. And it's more important that I have my standing because by what right do you have to change the system that could elevate the poor? I think like, um, 
like it, it was it was it, the conversation that we had just like the other day with with Megan as well um where she brought up the the line that I, that I closed my 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 message with that like I have come that you have that you can have life and have it more abundantly um or or live it more abundantly uh and, and, and she said like, that was what she thought like summed up both of these scenarios in a sense, right? Like one was about celebration and, and, and then in celebration, we see this abundance and one in the notion of justice, we still see this, this creating space for abundance, life in abundance. Mm -hmm. And I wonder like, how do we become the kind of people that like Jesus models abundance in everything that we do? Because like what you say, like, 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 like the people around you, like there's such a fear-based narrative that is driving them. I would say like, you know, and, and it's happening all over the place. Like, like even people that I know to be very positive people in this moment are allowing fear to run them into the ground of scarcity. You know what I mean? Like they're, 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 their ships are being, are being, you know, caught in the rocks of, of, of scarcity in a sense. And so like, how do we become the kind of people they say like in the midst of this world that is trying to tell you to be afraid that there isn't enough. Like, how do we say like, like, like Jesus, we have come so that you can have life and, and have it more abundantly. Well, to me, um, that's why the ideas of ritual are so important because uh, this whole series has been about table and table has always been around centered around being the Eucharist um, gathering around as the body. And this week, we're talking about the more expansive with and how we move through, which is why we have the juxtaposition between the celebration and the festival that are public. But it's still a Eucharist moment. And as we gather around and we say the things that we hope to be are not yet, the best things are still in front of us. Just like the head waiter who said this wine and said he didn't know where it came from, but in tasting and experiencing and having a glass, he said, I can, I can experience something greater than I've expected. And that um, thing that we don't expect coming actually can hit us every time we break bread, every time we gather around, not just break bread, not like just when you're eating a sandwich, but when we gather as Eucharist, we break the bread and we use this as a way not only to remember Jesus, but Jesus' whole life, his movement towards upsetting systems that work off of scarcity and power celebrating systems that are about bringing people together and honoring life. And that as we sit in that tension and we recognize it's not where we want it to be, we break the bread as a visual experience of saying like um, our Eucharist lines, that we're becoming the broken body of Christ as we consume the broken body of Christ, yeah. present in a broken world, that we see this world as we break and we share a cup it's broken not because the landmass. It's broken not because we can say there's different political systems out there. It's broken because we think different political systems takes away somebody's humanity. It's broken because when a friend of mine um, heard I lived in Canada for a while, which is socialist, they said I have no place in America anymore, that my presence isn't allowed because I had a different experience. We're broken because we keep all these systems that keep us apart. And so the Eucharist is an important ritual because it reminds us those things are the constructed arbitrary, that we must break those things which keep us apart and bring out the bottles of wine when we find the things that remind us that we're all united together, which is the mm -hmm. ultimate act of marriage. When two families say, wow, we do not have separation. We're actually one giant family now. You throw a party.
Yeah. And that's where I think ritual and communion and breaking the bread and sharing a cup actually become a prophetic act of trying to destabilize and trouble the systems around us that insist that we're separate and at odds. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good, man. I like, I like, I like where you were, like where you were going and like, like just to, to kind of like something that came to me in a little bit more of a pithy statement was like, it's like we break the things that keep us apart. We celebrate the things that bring us together. Right. And ultimately, like like when we come around the body of Christ, we come around the Eucharist the table of Christ. Like that's a celebration of, you know, what, what, what the God, like the, the apostle uh, Paul would say, you know, what I mean, is the thing that is the thing that we are one in. Right. Like mm -hmm. like we are we are we are not this. We are not that you are not this. You are not that you are not this. You are not that. But you are all one in Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and and I think like I love the fact that the Eucharist as ritual calls us into like ritualistic celebration but it also calls us into ritualistic breaking of the things that hold us apart that keep us apart the arbitrary mm. as you said so I, I just love that it was a beautiful thought that i, I expounded upon <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good and what i really like in this imagery um is for because often especially if you come from um for us a pentecostal um evangelical background we talk about the things that we experience around us as redeeming them. And mm -hmm. so we'll say redeeming the arts, redeeming dance, redeeming this, redeeming that. We're taking bad things and making them good. Um, and that's not the story, at least in John. It didn't mm -hmm. take the bad and make them good. It took the good and, and showed them to be generative. It took yeah. what was valuable and, and repurposed it. So Jesus did not redeem the purification jars he was able to say yeah. that i can join the party and be a part of it so it actually showed him Definitely. connected not just to his tradition but to the wider community it it didn't have him create boundaries of saying well which one of you actually weren't clean enough to get here you might want to come wash up real quick and we all yeah. know which one it is you stinky come over here it's <laughs> like he just said let's pass out some bottles yeah no, definitely, man. Um, and, and it's interesting, man, like, it, like this story here, like, you know, Jesus creates new wine and places it in, in, in these ritual, in these jars of like ritual purification. Um, and like, I know, I know it's not in the gospel of John, but I just can't help but think of it like where, I, where Jesus asked that question, like who places new wine in, in old wineskins, right? And, and, and Jesus is like, you know, this story is just like, not me. I put it in, I put it in whole jars, baby. Like there ain't no old wine skins. I got whole jars of this 900 bottles. We pop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, man, I, 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 like, I just love, I love, I love how, how celebration is expansive, but also justice is expansive. Mm -hmm. Right. That when we participate in either one as as followers of Christ, as as the incarnated body of Christ, um, we as a people have the potential to make them even more expansive, to make them more abundant. Um, and I think like that, those are beautiful things. Like, if, like, imagine if like when people thought of followers of Jesus, you know, you know what I mean? They didn't think, man, what are you against? But what do you like the things that you're for become so expansive so beautiful so much more life-giving that when you celebrate man you guys blow the roof off the mother when you guys are for justice you know what i mean like the whole world feels it right and, and i think like that's the thing that we're actually called to that's the vocation that we're actually called to in the in this world and i and i love that 
at least within, I can't, I can't say for every community, but I, I know within our community, as we're trying to understand this and live this out and, and, and flow into the thing that, that God is calling us to as, as a community, um, we're, at, we're asking those questions over and over and over again. What does it look like for us to be, to live a life of abundance when it comes to celebration? And what does it look like for us to live a life of abundance when it comes to being people of justice? I love what you, you point to there because um, since you turned my long thing into a piffy statement, I'll do the same for you. It's like, <laughs> we, we're, we're called to celebration and solidarity because it's, we don't have the same response everywhere. So if you're just saying we have to be positive all the time and that's what it means to be part of the Eucharist, we miss the solidarity with those who are kept out when Jesus saw those outside of certain parts of the temple and said, this can't stand. And he didn't do it just because like, man, I don't like the way you guys are running the temple. This is janky. Uh, it said that he sat in the court, saw what was happening and stood in solidarity with those who couldn't participate because tables were taking their space to make money. So. And I think that's a different call of justice. When we think of justice, just of let's just break the system, which is, a, is a usually a younger, naive version of justice. Like we see something bad, let's break it. Um, where I think what Eucharist calls us to is solidarity. And in solidarity with my brothers and sisters that, um, as you said, Paul said, is now the entire world. I can't call justice acts of vengeance. I can't call justice business as usual. I have to stand in the solidarity with those who would not have place in the temple, with those who'd be cut out of the community and say, because you bleed, I'll bleed. I'll stand with you. And if that means I'm standing with you and it's against the system, it's first the draw of solidarity, which is the same notion of the unity of the celebration. Yeah, I, I'll, push, I'll push back a little bit on that. Like I agree, I, I agree with you for the most part, um, but I think solidarity, I don't think is is actually is it, it brings us far enough into it. I think solidarity, for a lot of times, is a great starting place. Um, but we're you know you know what I mean. But sometimes we have to like if we're if we're the person of privilege if we if we're the person walking with privilege, mm -hmm. um, sometimes we actually have to then create space for the people that we are in solidarity with as well. Like and 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 that's I think it goes beyond like like solidarity is the being with, and I think like utilizing our like like in spaces that like like I can step into certain spaces that other people can't so on and so on and if I'm using my my like if, if I step into that space and I'm clearing space and saying now my brothers and sisters are coming with me um it goes a little bit beyond solidarity into into like man like I'm trying to think of language for it man co-conspirators abolitionists like like it's taking us a step for like solidarity is a great starting spot um mm. I think like like when I'm thinking of justice like I do think that we like you know if we have if we have the means to flip the table in that moment then if we're going to follow christ we should flip the table and 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 again it's not to be wretch it's not to be like punitive it's not to be vindictive it's to say there are those who aren't in this place and they need to be in this place as well right oh no i hear you and i could i could see where that could um lend towards that but for me um and i can say just speaking from my place of privilege being a cisgendered white male in America, as like most things in power look like me. Um, I don't see solidarity as a sympathetic response. So to say, I hear your struggle, it sounds like it sucks. Um, to me, and it could just be from my um, locative positioning socially, it falls short of solidarity. Um, in the scene of Jesus flipping the tables, it became solidarity, not when there was effect. It's like something's not sitting right here solidarity was creating the room and flipping the tables um, and that's where even the disciples looked around and said 
And now we remember it says that the zeal for the father's house will consume him. Um, yeah. And it's in that where the zeal of the father's house consumes him in such a way they have to create space for more people to be along that there's solidarity. Anything short of that to me feels kind of like when I was a missionary and I'd say, hey, I'm trying to get to this place so we can do humanitarian aid project. And I was like, praying for your brother. It's like, dude, you driving an up, upper end Mercedes, you can do more than pray for me. You can help me get there to do humanitarian aid work. It's like, so again, and, and, and I, I like, I've been on short-term mission trips. I've been on, mm -hmm. you know, you've been on, on mission trips. Mm -hmm. uh, we know lots of people that have been part of that, that stuff. And it's been, it's been life-giving for, for us and hopefully for the people that we were around as well. So I'm not sure. Like, yeah. like, everything I say after this is not trying to tear that down, but sometimes I think though, like, for example, um, like I went on one mission trip and I know we had every person that went had to raise about, about $3,500 to go on this trip. Yeah. Right. And there was a team of about 40 people that went. I'm bad at math, Glenn. Like, how? What, what is thirty? What is thirty-five hundred times forty? A lot. Okay, so if we sent this a lot of money to local agents who were already oh. on the ground, who were already embedded in these communities, would we have been able to do more good? So, one hundred forty thousand dollars. Would we? Would we have been able to do more good? Then us taking the two weeks that we went down there and we, and we, and we showed solidarity because we were present with the people we were, we, you know, we, you know, you know, we, like, mm -hmm. we did, we did what we could do. Um, we, you know, and things happen. Like I'm, I'm trying not to give too much, many details about the trip. Cause I don't want to, I don't want it to like have anybody think of any, any, any ill will. Cause I don't, I'm not meaning that at all, but it's just yeah. literally a question that kind of comes up to me is would, would then like with justice, like solidarity is maybe making that trip but justice might've been, who are the agents already on the ground that if we actually resource them, created space for, for, for like, like, and I think those resources then create space for them to actually do things that are bigger and beyond the things that we went down there and did um, with that same amount of money. You know, you, you know what I mean? It, does, that, mm -hmm. does that make sense? It does. Um, I no longer like you, but like, it makes logical sense. Okay. <laughs> and what, what I think you did there is actually the beauty of the first part of the celebration though. Um, it's not saying that there shouldn't, that we didn't act in solidarity. Um, I know for some of the ones I, I worked with, we, we got to help um, pull some people out of like the sex trade and things to that nature. So it's not saying that we didn't do something good, but it's moving from some of the notions of the injustices we got to highlight and make other people aware of and moving actually back in John to uh, the first part of John 2, to where he said, you have these stone jars. Could we bring out something more life-giving? Could we get new wine? And that had to come out of Jesus's sacred tradition that would honor, know, and see the stone jars. Yeah. Um, with that, asking, could we do better? Because short-term missions do have some positive effect on the long-term missionaries. They do have some positive effect, but I think the promise of a generative life and a way of holding space that way is to say, can we do more? So yes, it was good for everyone to have this experience, but I do think that um, your worry is actually warranted. I've known people who use it almost like poverty porn. They have this white savior thing to where they go there and they just want a bunch of photo ops. We actually had trouble with that with one of the groups that I was on because no one wanted to go do work with people. But then all of a sudden, like four people in our group all skipped out, grabbed a taxi and went to the mall because we were in a major city. 
and the missionaries we were working with one walked to the room and he goes you're it because it's me and two other guys who stayed he goes so you guys were too tired to go serve people but everyone could go jump to the mall to spend the night and yeah those are the things we have to ask can we do better to say those people who are in need who need solidarity who have have ends to meet can be done well that we can be take better care of and even as you said so we don't think that salvation flows out of the west can create agency in these places and say what does it look like to support homegrown jesus loving people-centered agency in your area to where we're not dictating terms when you say this is where the need is we don't say well i'm going to send my associate out to double check you um, we say we trust because we know you can have it but uh one thing one thing i, I wanted to kind of touch back to was this phrase that you said from um, one of the one, one of your Jewish friends that like from the party that you went to from the the, mm -hmm. rab, the rabbinical school? Yeah. Um, the life will give us life will give us time to cry, but it will also give us time to celebrate. I, I'm paraphrasing. I, I I didn't I can't quite remember exactly what you said, um, but I thought that was such a beautiful a beautiful phrase because I think like 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 with that phrase whether you meant it that way or not, um, I think was such a beautiful way of highlighting what actually took place in John chapter two, because like, you, you know what I mean? Cause we see in John chapter two, like, like life gave Jesus the opportunity to, to join, like, like to like, not just join the party, but to, to bring it to another level. Um, but then it also like, 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 like the flipping the tables, isn't just uh performative justice. You know what I mean? Like this, I think mm -hmm. for me, at least my, my understanding of this passage, it comes from this deep place of, of compassion and, and 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 also like like that notion of like, you know how many like 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 well numerous times it talks about Jesus was so moved that he did this thing, um you 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 know what I mean and I think it comes from that place of of sorrow and and a, and a depth of sorrow that that forces us to act and so I just love that 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 phrase because I thought it was actually a great way of summing up what we actually saw take place in in John chapter two. Well, yeah, as we've gone over it. Um that call within Jesus' community, like you said, that, that we have to recognize and honor. So we're not saying that we only weep or we only celebrate, but it gives place for full humanity. And within that full humanity, as we gather around the Eucharist, it calls us to recognize other people's humanity. And with the twin stories that kick off all of Jesus' movements in the Gospel of John, like you said, it, it says that we must understand ourselves as those who celebrate and those who call for justice. The one who says, this is the greatest wine I've ever had, give it to all the people already fully engaged in the party. Without the moralistic concerns that we try to control other people's actions, because it was given, it was given freely to everyone that was part of celebration, but also the party has to stand with solidarity celebration has to partner with justice and then we get to see this moment where life in jesus is generative to the degree that we're willing to try to draw new life out of old traditions and break the ones that harm people yeah no it's good man that's a that's a good closing statement <laughs> was that your intention that was your wrap up <laughs> 
Yep. We're done. <laughs> <laughs>